throwing your bat and jogging down the line is an easy way to get yourself written off. You know, you hit that same round ball, you try to beat it out. Like, you know, someone, you know, it might not get you drafted, it might not get you to the next level, but it might bring that guy back to watch you one more time and give you an opportunity to, to showcase your talent. So I would say just remember someone's always watching. Kevin Pillar with us here with the baseball playground. Thank you so much for being here. Truly appreciate it. I mean, what an exciting day. Obviously, I'm Matt McGowan. This is Jacob Odell. Kevin, we're we're on this. This whole program is about young players trying to figure out what the next step is, right? And you being probably the most famous Division II athlete um, that, I mean, we could find – Right. I mean, going, like you say, 32, 32nd round to the show. What would you say to these young players that are saying, oh, it's D1 or nothing? You know, I, I you know, Division two is not is not where it's at. I mean, you were a guy who started as a freshman at Cal State Dominguez Hills and I mean, took off from there. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, it goes back earlier than that. I just didn't really know what I want to do with my life. Um you know, even through high school, I just enjoyed sports. I enjoyed doing all different sorts of things as a kid. You know, I liked wakeboarding. I liked going on vacations. I liked uh, snowboarding. You know, I, I like, you know, I played tennis and golf. I did everything. So, you know, when I kind of fully committed to baseball um, and I hadn't really, you know, put myself out there a whole lot in terms of like showcases or going to, you know, Division One. uh schools workouts to prove that I could play at that level for me it was about just going out and playing um I felt like you know I didn't necessarily have a ton of d1 offers to choose from but there was places I could have gone there was definitely places I could have walked on but I made a choice that I just wanted to play I felt like I couldn't get better sitting on the bench so I chose a different route I chose to go d2 so that I could go in and 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 play right away and kind of figure out uh, what kind of baseball player I was and, 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 you know, naturally take the next step from high school to college and, and have more competition. But I felt like I wasn't going to get better sitting on the bench. You know, I, I know some people choose that route. They want to do that route. They want to go D1. Um, they're okay sitting out red shirting where they're okay. Uh, you know, not starting and, and maybe waiting senior to play out getting time and, and, uh, you know, kind of learn as I go. Yeah, I think that's a huge point of not going D1 and kind of just playing the game that we all love to play more so than anything because practices are fun, but games are more fun, right? <laughs> yeah, and- I mean, there's only, so, there's only so much you can learn about yourself in practice. Obviously, you get a ton better in practice, but practice is, you know, essentially getting you ready to play a game. It's, it's it, you know, it's doing all your studying and then you got to take the test. And if I'm only getting a chance to study and I never get to take the test, I never could figure out, uh, you know, what kind of player I am. And, you know, also like people forget too, like I, I could have left Dominguez Hills. I could have left after my freshman year. Um, I had opportunities to leave. Um, you know, you're not, you're not, you're not, you don't have to be there, uh, you know, for all four years. I, in my mind, I essentially I was going to use Dominguez Hills as a, a junior college. I could have chosen the junior college route, but I was more 
wasn't thinking about the end goal of baseball. I was thinking about the end goal of life, and I wanted to get my education, and I felt like if baseball worked out great, I'm going to give everything I got. But I felt like if I went to a junior college, I had heard horror stories about, you know, not necessarily taking the right courses and being eligible to transfer to schools and maybe having to retake classes. So I felt like if I can get in, if I can go to Dominguez Hills and start my journey to get my four, four year uh, degree uh, and, and if baseball, you know, really took off, I could have transferred. I could have left at that point. I maybe could have sat out and transferred or I could have been granted my release from the coach at Dominguez Hills. But, um, you know, I, I I like being there, you know, it wasn't the, the, the place that, you know, I, I, I envisioned myself going, it wasn't the place I dreamed about going, but, uh, I was having success. I enjoyed the coaches I was around. I enjoyed my teammates. Um, I think it also helped that I saw, you know, a couple guys, uh, when I was a freshman juniors, uh, getting drafted. So I was like, well, what's it matter if they're getting drafted, then why, why would I have to leave? And it was 40 minutes and my parents could come watch me play all the time. So, you know, those are all different things that, you know, I, I look on and I could a different route, but, like, I'm really happy with the end result. I'm my wife there. So, you know, it's it's about getting opportunity and, and, and making the most of it, not about uh, going to a place that's sexy. And, and I mean, I, I guess now with NIL, it's a little different. You can make some money doing it, but it's about playing. It's hard to get seen if you're sitting on the bench. Yeah, definitely. Are you, I, I, I always have this thought that surrounding yourself with the better people to learn from is just a huge advantage to get ahead of the competition with things. Now, motivating yourself is one thing, but when you have, say, a group of guys that you're all working together on the same goal of achieving, you know, playing a higher end baseball, what is it like for you and for somebody else to start networking in a way with other guys that are better than them so that they can get better. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say that kind of really, I would say that kind of came to fruition probably my, my junior year um, and two of my roommates uh, that were a year older than me, their, their senior years. And I think, you know, we had put in our time, I think, uh, you know, we were really committing, uh, at that point we, we were having some success and, and we were getting some looks and, you know, the three of us were really pushing ourselves to try to get to the next level. And, you know, that started with a lot of you know, playing summer ball and, 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 and working out in the off season. And, and, you know, instead of us going back home to like our parents' house, we, we stayed in the house that we were renting uh year round and, 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 and trained and, you know, fortunately, one of them got drafted and, 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 you know, didn't make it very far, but got a little bit of an opportunity to play professional baseball. And, you know, one ended up with a hamstring injury that kind of cost him his shot of, uh, you know, maybe getting to the next level. But surrounding yourself with good people, um, like-minded people is uh, so important. Um, you know, we all had we all had big dreams. We all held each other accountable. We all pushed each other to be great. Um I know that I'm not – I know that I didn't get here alone. I know that those guys played a big part in it. I know that my coaches at Dominguez Hills played a big part of it, my teammates. Um, I mean, you can go down the line from Little League, different people I've encountered throughout my baseball career, my parents, you know, uh, my my older brother and his friends, you know, pushing me to be uh, great all the time and, and trying to fit in. So 
just always, you know, I, I think that's more important than the school that you go to in, you know, just finding people that think like you and, 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 and dream like you. And I think anything's possible. Yeah. I think you couldn't have said it better. Um, you know, knowing Murph Sua and, and knowing the guys that you were surrounded with, um, I think everyone knew that players were going to be prepared for the next level, no matter, um, you know, if it was, you know, pro baseball, um, if it was independent ball or heck, if it was slow pitch softball. Um, but talk about that preparation and the mindset that those coaches instilled because a D2 program does produce guys that play pro baseball. I mean, the statistics statistics are there. Um, just talk about the preparation and how you felt. Did you feel you were prepared for, for the, the pro level as soon as you got out of college? I, I think um, I think quality of competition is, uh, you know, it, it's naturally a little bit of a step down. Like, but I think getting the opportunity to go play in some of these summer leagues, you know, opened my eyes to it really wasn't that big of a difference. I mean, occasionally you're going to face guys that were throwing harder and better stuff. But, you know, from a skill position player standpoint, like when I went and played summer ball, being a D2 guy and, you know, playing with guys that went to UCLA and Irvine and, and, and Fullerton, like I didn't feel all – I didn't feel undermatched or overmatched you know i didn't feel less of a player than them um but i i will say like the the one not the one thing uh a thing that you know murphy Sua did good at dominguez hills and i i guess most colleges is and looking back you think why the hell did we do all this stuff from you know chalking the field to uh you know getting there early and and pulling the tarp to indian runs and all these stupid little things but the one thing I found when I got to pro ball is there is a wide variety of, of, of different skill levels there. Mine not being the best of the guys that I played with, but one of the few guys that did make it to the big leagues, because I understood that there was more than just skills to separate yourself on the baseball field. There was the accountability, there was the hustle, there was doing things right. There was showing up on time. There was putting extra work. And I credit a lot of that to, you know, all the things I look back on, I'm like, why the hell did we have to do this stuff at Dominguez Hills? Like, you know, you just did it without question because that's what needed to be done. And, you know, when you're, you're given a, a task to do or an order to do, you just do it. If your coaches want you to wear a college shirt to the field in the, in the, in, in pro ball, you wear a college shirt to the field. You don't argue it. You don't question it. You just do it. And, you know, I found, especially with how difficult Murphy Sua was at uh, Dominguez Hills with a lot of that stuff. I felt like just being able to be a guy that was accountable, that was going to do the right thing, was going to show up on time, was going to wear the right things, provided me opportunities to to showcase my skill. Because I think initially when you get to Pro Bowl, people don't like to say it or people don't like to think it, but naturally your guys that get drafted – earlier get more opportunity than guys that get drafted less you know the joke is guys like me really only get drafted so the guys in the first 10 rounds have someone to play against you know but like I figured out that they might be more skilled than me but like I do a lot of things on the field equally as good to them but like how was they going to earn opportunity and it came through a lot of those things and that's not saying I was you know kissing ass or like begging for playing time I just did the right thing and Ultimately, my play allowed me to get more playing time, but I think doing those little things gave me opportunity to go out there and play. 
yeah, I don't think anyone will ever say you got out hustled. That's for sure. I mean, you, you know, you're a guy that, you know, grinded your way up and, and I mean, just watching your career, you've seen how, how, how bad you wanted it and how bad you, you still want it. Um, preparing yourself mentally, I feel is a huge, huge thing, obviously in baseball confidence is King. Um, you know, what would you tell, what, what advice would you give a young baseball player that maybe doesn't have the confidence or, or just kind of doesn't know where his path is? Like, kind of like what you said, you didn't know what you wanted to do. Um, what would you tell that guy? What would you, you know, what would you tell yourself if you were a senior in high school? Baseball is really hard. You're going to fail a lot. Um, I, I never lose sight of that too. Like I, I sit here now and think it's great. I've been, you know, working out and, and, and working on my swing and, and doing all these things. And I'm like, damn, in like four or five weeks, I'm going to have to face live pitching. And that shit is real. Like it's hard. Those guys are really, really good. And like, you're going to fail a lot, but like just understanding that you've got to control what you can control in this game. And there's certain things that I know that I can control when, I step in the box and one of which is being confident, trusting the work that I put in, trusting my swing, um, you know, controlling my heartbeat, uh, understanding what pitch I want to attack. And then the rest from there is literally up to the man upstairs. Like you can put a good swing on it. You can make outs. You can put a bad swing on it, get hits. Like, you know, I, I think that's the thing that I think we all lose sight of is that it's supposed to be easy. It's not, it's, it's very difficult. Um, as far as what I tell myself, like looking back is enjoy the ride. And when you commit, be all in. Like, you know, I think there's a certain time when you got to make that decision that I, I want to be all in. I'm not saying that needs to be at eight years old. For me, it was freshman year of college. You know, for some people it might be sooner, but like when you make that decision, be all in, commit to it. Um, and understand that not everyone's going to get there. Like just because you didn't make it doesn't mean you, your, your journey was a failure. There's a lot of other great things that can come out of it. A lot of great relationships. Um, I'm sure both of you guys had dreams and aspirations to, to play in the big leagues. And now you guys get to talk baseball. You guys got a great thing going on here. So like a lot of great things come out of it. Um, and baseball is, you know, baseball is also about, networking and relationships too. You're going to meet a lot of people. You never know who you're going to meet. You never know who you're going to come across, who you can become friends with. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think so many people want it right now. Like I'm going to get it right now, but like, it's a, it's a long journey. It's a long road. And um, you know, some of it's out of your control, but I think doing the little, I think doing the little things every day add up. Um, and my, mm-hmm. my, my biggest, my biggest thing is just, Every time you're on the field, just understand someone's watching. You got an opportunity to prove yourself every single time you're on the field. Um, you know, never take that for granted. All it takes is, is 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 one day for someone to write you off, and all it takes is one day for someone to to believe in you. Um, and all and all it really takes is one person to believe in you. Uh, I think that's what happened to me. I mean, I was a 32nd round draft pick. I got passed up by 30 teams, 32 times, 32 plus times. And there was a gentleman by the name of Kevin Fox, a local scout, um, local Toronto Blue Jay scout in the Southern California area, believed I could play. And I don't know if he believed I could be a big leaguer. I mean, he tells me that all the time. I knew you were a big leaguer, but we know that's not the truth. He he thought I he thought I deserved an opportunity, and he gave me that opportunity, and I made the most of it. 
So all it takes is one time. You can ruin it one time and you can make it in one time. So that's why I just tell people to consistently just be you and, and play the game the right way. And I think playing the right way will reward you opportunities to advance in this game. That's awesome. So we talked about confidence and, you know, whether you're in the box or playing on the field, right? But how was your routine and how important was a routine for you, whether you were in the box or on the field? I think, I think routine is very important. I think routine um, often turns to superstition and I don't think that's all that bad either, but understanding, I mean, I'm not going to change. I'm not necessarily going to change something because I'm not going to change something if I'm rolling and things are going well. Like we all tend to get a little superstitious, but I try to separate at the end of the day, I try to separate like I was doing the same thing intentionally or unintentionally. And that was the reason I was getting results. Um, I'm just a big believer in preparing myself um, every single day. I think routine is good. I think sometimes it can be a crutch. You know, I would say my, my routine is, my routine is fairly vague. Like I don't like take the same amount of swings in the cage. I don't do like the same drills in the cage. Like my routine is more about, am I prepared? Like my routine's more about getting my body prepared and my mind prepared more than doing X, Y, and Z in the cage or X, Y, and Z in the field. Like I'm so, I'm big on like, if my swing's working and it's doing well, like it's very simple in the cage. It's more like preparation, get ready. Maybe I hit some fastballs or breaking balls on the machine. I take BP. If my swing is doing something, I have my go-to routines and my drills to get my swing back to where it needs. Um, you know, I have certain things that I want to do in the field to prepare. Uh, if I'm, you know, not playing all the time or if I am playing time and I, I need to work on something. So, I think routine can be really good, but I think routine can be a crutch sometimes too. But I, I would say for me, my routine is just making sure that I'm prepared more physically than mentally. If my body feels good, um, mentally I'm going to feel good. And I know that's not going to happen every day, but I got to make sure my body feels as good as possible to go out there and play. Yeah, Absolutely. Who's the who's the craziest routine? What's the craziest routine you've seen from a player you played with? Craziest routine. So, um, I mean, I would say, I would say Jose Batista and Justin Smoke had like a very consistent approach to the stuff they would do in the weight room before they would go to the cage, like more so than anyone I'd ever seen. In, and it didn't even involve working out. It was like foam rolling and trigger pointing and stretching and like mobility stuff. Like I, I learned a lot from watching those guys and then being their teammates and friends, like things that I've adopted into my preparation every day. Um, but those guys were like, you know, whatever time the cage opened, it was like 30 or 40 minutes before, like those guys were in there, whether it was a seven o'clock game, six o'clock game, one o'clock game, 12 o'clock getaway day. Like they were, they were really good at doing that. Jose, Jose, like learned that over the course of his career, like he got really in, 
in tune with his body and understanding what it needed to perform at the highest level. Smokey's body just worked a little bit differently. Like he just needed to do it to physically get out on the field. But that just shows you like two ends of the spectrum, like both guys prepared and both guys were successful. We talk about focal point a lot on the show of whether you're in the box or on the field. Did you have a focus point when you were looking at a pitcher, whether it was, you know, their shoulder, their hat, their nose? A lot of people talk about focal points when they're checking out a pitcher. Do you have any? Um, I would say like I'm just I'm I'm more of like a hard focus, soft focus guy. Like I'm I'm generally looking in the area of the pitcher. Um and then really just trying to identify his his release point is like the main area that I focus. Um, yeah. But like, I, I mean, I would say generally speaking, like initially it's more about like the hands. Cause I feel like once the guy separates his hands, you know, whether they're out of the stretch or out of the windup is usually a pretty good time where I want to like narrow in on where that release point is. And that goes back to, to preparation of, you know, what isn't seen, um, you know, for most people, they think we just roll out there and play, or maybe they don't think we roll out there and play, but like a lot of that's done the night before, you know, after a game, we're getting home, you're already starting to think about who's starting the next day and starting to watch a video, whether it's your at bats against him or, you know, his last two starts and, you know, subconsciously you're starting to pick up release point where it's at and then you have meetings about it. And yeah, so it's, it's, for me, it's always been about, not trying to identify the release point too early, but just having this like general soft, relaxed focus about his movements and just kind of being in sync with him and then really trying to lock it on the release point. Give me a, a day in the life of, of Kevin Pillar on a game day. Like, like, well, from now morning, that I, from now morning that I, to now, night, now that I have kids, it's different. <laughs> now that I have kids, it's different. And, um, I mean, so, I mean, I'll give you a very generic answer. I mean, but obviously it depends on like, where, where do we live? Where am I? Like, what team am I playing on? Um, am I on the road or am I at home? You know, if I'm at home, let's just say I'm at home. And the last time I really played, I was at home and I was in New York. We lived in an apartment. So we get up. You know, the one thing that I do a really good job of and I made a promise to my wife is I get a ton of sleep on the road. You know, that's my time to like be by myself. You know, I may I may take a little bit longer to unwind after a game on the road. I may sit in my room, watch TV, watch movies, do whatever I'm going to do, hang out with my teammates, go to bed a little bit later. So I, I sleep in a lot longer. But at home, I oh, unless I'm getting home at like 4 a.m. from like a road trip, if I'm getting home at midnight, 12:30 from a game, um, I'm up with the kids. You know, I got, I might be on a 10-day road trip. So I haven't seen my kids in 10 days. I get up with them. We have breakfast as a family, whether that's in our apartment or house, whatever we're living in, or we'll go out to breakfast, and then we do some sort of activity, um, park you know, mostly parks or whatever we're going to do, just hang out with kids. And then, you know, usually home by 12 o'clock, uh, you know, kids have lunch. I start to kind of unwind a little bit, kind of uh, zone out a little bit, play with the kids, relax, hop in the car around one, get to the field by one thirty, 
have lunch, you know, if any treatment's necessary, do treatment. If no treatment's necessary, then I go to the weight room and I go through my first set of, you know, movements and, and, and getting my body loose, you know, three, four five times a week, I'll work out pregame, get my workout in and then head to the cage you know, do your routine in there, whatever you need to get ready. That's usually followed by uh, a hitters meeting, talking about uh, the starting pitcher that day. If it's the first game of the series and you're talking about the starting pitcher, then you're going to go through the bullpen. Um, and then you've got a little bit of time to kind of relax, and then you're out on the field for stretch and BP. Um, if there's any defensive work, you could choose to do that, like in that window where you're kind of, um, hanging out, you can go out there and get early work or you can do your defensive work during BP. Then you're usually done. So that's like four, usually off the field by five because the visiting team starts like five to six, about right. So then you got two hours of the game and that's usually, if you know, you come in, hang out for a little bit. Go have, uh, you know, I wouldn't call it, I guess, dinner, but we're no pregame meal, pregame meal. Go eat a little bit, um, take a shower, change, and then you're back in the weight room, getting your body ready to go again, and then back to the cage for a couple swings, and then out on the line maybe 20, 15 minutes before the national anthem, getting loose, and just do that every single day over and awesome. over and over and over again. How was like your dieting with everything and whether you guys had somebody on staff helping you out, you know, of course, making sure that you guys are always fed, but I want to go more into like the college versus the MLB advice for somebody that wants to, you know, get stronger, get leaner and actually be more athletic, whether that's just through food. Oh, it's, I mean, I mean, I, I can only speak on like, you know, what I experienced at Dominguez Hills. We, we had, nothing even close to that. And, um, you know, you're, I mean, I wouldn't even say like, I, I, I would say I tried, you know, I, I wasn't the guy who was like eating fast food all the time. I was, I was, I learned how to like cook and, and, and do certain things. And, you know, when I was living on my own, I was trying to make a lot of my, my own meals, but looking back on them, like most of them I wouldn't make for myself now, but like, you know, you read things or you see things, uh, you know, you know, online or you like read a health and fitness magazine. It's like just eat rice and chicken, all this stuff. And you're like, OK, I mean, it can't be all that wrong. But, you know, when you get to the major leagues and you have, you know, professional dietitians and nutritionists and strength and conditioning. And now a lot of teams have high performance departments that have to do like oversee all that. And that includes like hydration and rest and recovery and they have all these different modalities you know whether it's things hooking up to like your brains or wearing aura rings or whoops or like you know tracking all your movements throughout the day telling you how you should train you should train how you should recover you should recover like it can be very it as as you want it to be or there's still guys that just don't care they just go out there and do their thing you know I'm a guy that you know if I have the resources and I feel like they're going to help me and allow me to play this game uh, a year or two or three longer than uh, if I didn't follow advice, um, I'm going to do it. You know, I, I wouldn't say like, I don't enjoy myself. Like I, 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 
I eat well, you know, I sleep well, I recover well, but like, you know, I'm not, I don't have like the strictest diet on the face of the earth. If my kids want to order pizza on a Wednesday night, you know, like I understand like me having pizza, you know, once every two weeks or once a week is not going to kill me. Um, right. you know, I still in, enjoy myself. I enjoy, enjoy life, you know, on the weekends, you know, if I have some friends over, like my parents are in town, I want to have a couple of drinks. I'm gonna have a couple of drinks. You know, if it's a Tuesday and the kids have been crazy and me and my wife want to open a bottle of wine, we open a bottle of wine, but like, I understand, you know, life's I'm, I'm big on balance. I'm big on trade-offs. Like if I choose to, you know, have pizza on a Wednesday night, like, we just go a little harder on Thursday. You know, if my week's been really good, I'm still going to go hard on, on Thursday. So like, you know, I feel like food is big on, on, I think a lot of comfort comes from food. So like, especially during the season, like food plays a big part. And I think that's where teams maybe like two, three years ago that were like, you have to be all in on this diet. Like this is the only way to do it. And then they start like, you're hiring people that are coming from, not a baseball background they're coming from like just with people in the world of nutrition and then they realize like they start to realize like damn we just got in at 4 a.m we just played a three game we hopped on a plane we went somewhere else we're back home like you know it would be great right now like chick-fil-a on the plane you know like <laughs> let's just let's just you know we don't need turkey sandwiches we don't need turkey wraps we need chick-fil-a because we just want to feel good about what we're doing uh we need a little comfort food right now so it's been nice to see that change over the last couple of years where they start to understand, like, we're still beings. like, yes, we want to be fine tuned, like human beings and, and athletes, but like, we still have feelings and, and, and sometimes, you know, food is a great way of, uh, you know, feeling a little bit of comfort or when you're over 20 and someone's trying to shove a turkey wrap in your mouth and, and, or you got, uh, you know, a couple of pizzas or fried chicken wait for you, like, it's a little easier to get over that. <laughs> That's hilarious. Best advice you've ever gotten from from a coach, from a teammate, from from anybody. What what's the best advice you've ever gotten? Understanding that uh, someone's always watching is something that I think uh, kind of always resonated with me. Just you know, I feel like you can. I feel like it's it's very very easy to get written off in this game. You know, and I'm not going to say I, I'm I'm perfect by any means. I still have my moments. I've definitely gotten a lot better at it as I've gotten older. I've matured. I've started to care a little bit less about the failure because I've started to understand more about how difficult it is and understand how much work I've put into it. And it's hard to get results every single day. So, like, I know if I'm prepared and, you know, I, I went out there and I gave it, you know, everything I had that day. And some days it's not going to be much. Some days it's going to be everything I got. Some days it's going to be not as much just due to playing all the time or fatigue or playing through something or, you know, mentally a little drained, mentally a little off, you know, physically my swing could be a little off. But if I know I went out there and I emptied the tank and I didn't get the results, like I live to fight another day, you know, but, you know, just, like I said, understand if someone's watching, you know, you don't want, uh, you know, a, I don't want to say a lifetimes of work to be, you know, thrown away with, you know, you not running out a ball or you slamming your helmet in the dugout. And that might be the only time that person will ever see you play. You know, 
a scout might ever see you play and that's the lasting image on, on you. I don't think it's as simple as that. I think you're, you're going to have more opportunities, but like don't give someone a reason to write you off, give someone a reason to want to come back and, and see you play again. Like, you know, hitting a ground ball to shore and just, you know, throwing your bat and jogging down the line is an easy way to get yourself written off. You know, you hit that same ground ball, you try to beat it out. Like, you know, someone, you know, it might not get you drafted. It might not get you to the next level, but it might bring that guy back to watch you one more time and give you an opportunity to, to showcase your talent. So I would say just remember someone's always watching. That's a great point. It, it, it's a great point. You hear that, you know, um, at a young age. I mean, we do, uh, you know, I've done. And the I, would say, I mean, I would, I would say like to touch on like, kind of like the, 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 you know, the reason you're doing this too is, you know, someone is always watching. That means at the division two level, that means the division three level, that means the NAI level, that means the junior college level, like scouts are there. You don't know what they look like all the time. You, you might get to know them over the course of time, but like there's someone always watching and it could be, friend who calls the scout and like damn this guy could really play at this d2 level like you should probably get out here and watch him so when i'm saying someone's always watching that includes you know the guys that think they only have to go d1 to to get an opportunity that's all levels and it's probably even you know in high school and even trickling down into travel ball and youth ball now too so just keep that in mind it's 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 um you know it's worth that it's something I always remind myself too is like you get four at bats a day, you know, at, at most levels. Like, is it really that hard to run down the line four times? Like, I know it sucks after the third or fourth time hitting a ground ball to short or second or, you know, flying out to center field. But like, I get caught up in it too sometimes. I try to remind myself that every day. Like, if you're going to make it out, like, you just run down the line, you know, and now everything's like stack casted and hawkeyed. Like, you know, you can like, impress someone with your sprint time down at first base more so than getting a base hit. So keep those things in mind too. Absolutely. How is like dealing with adversity? Because you've been through some, uh, some wild injuries, I would say, um, you know, being in the pros and especially with the whole face stuff. And that was a wild time I expect. So run me through some of the adversity that you you've had. Yeah. I mean, I've been I've been very fortunate in my career to 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 stay healthy, you know, up until these really last year. I mean, I I don't really consider the the face injury like an injury. I mean, it was unavoidable, something that I came back from uh you know, fairly quick. You know, the shoulders are really the first last year the shoulders are really the first time I've I've missed extended period of time playing baseball. Um you know, so I've been very fortunate to not really have to go through a lot. But, you know, the face was definitely um, – I don't know. I, I, I think, you know, there was a lot asking me, like, are you going to play again? I'm like, yeah, I was trying to play the same – the next day, you know. And then it was, you need to get your face fixed, okay? So when can I play after that? Then I had the surgery. It was like 10 days you could play. Okay, so the, on the 10th day I said to my – Finally, I convinced them to allow me to get back and play. And how are you going to get in the box? I'm like, well, you know, I can't even calculate how many times I've stood in a box um, <laughs> from, you know, Little League all the way up to the pros. And I've only ever been hit in the face just this one time. So how am I going to allow that to, you know, deter me from getting back in the box? And that was kind of the mindset I had is like I've stood in the box for 
a million, over a million pitches in my career. I can't even name, let's just say 100,000 at-bats in my lifetime. I've been in the box. I've been hit in the face one time. Like for me to like even think twice about getting in the box would be crazy. So that was kind of the mindset I had was, is my face okay? Did I dodge a bullet? Like, did I get best case scenario? Sure. Was it, was it scary? Yeah. Was it scarier for probably people watching and my, my wife, my parents, my kids? Sure. But I survived, you know, uh, I got healed and I just got right back. And I felt like the sooner I got back in the box, the sooner I could put it behind me. And like, now it's just, I don't even ever think about it. I love it. I, real, I, I think the real, I think the real adversity came this year, like missing an extended period of time. And like first time away from, you know, I've had a collarbone injury and I missed like two weeks. Like I had like a thumb, a torn ligament in my thumb. I missed a couple weeks, came back and played like dealt with in the off season. I had a broken hand I played with. Um, so I've had some like things happen, but I've never like had a doctor look at me and be like, your season's over. You can't play anymore. There's no way around it. You got to get it fixed. Um, I just saw it as a challenge to come back as soon as possible. And and really, I felt like I learned a lot about myself through that journey of pushing my body to the physical and the, the weight room. And that's all I had to really focus on was my shoulder rehab and and getting my body uh, ready to play when it when my shoulder allowed it to. And I got to take a step back and and work on some things in my body and and, you know, get stronger and get mo more mobile. And, um, you know, I think with adversity comes a lot of good things. You know, I think, uh, like I said, I learned a lot about myself through that journey. Yeah. I, we tell the kids that, you know, uh, adversity is going to happen, whether it's, you know, a game doesn't go your way or not bad or, or, you know, whatever it may be. And, you know, your girlfriend breaks up with you. Um, you just got to find out who you are after those types of things. Um, one thing I will say though, is the funniest thing, the funniest meme I saw about actually you getting hit in the face was I think LeBron got poked in the eye that night, right? Do you remember that? Yeah. And I've they had a that. they had a meme that was like Kevin Pilar gets hit in the face, gets up ten seconds later, yeah. LeBron James down for five minutes gets poked in the eye, yeah. and it was like it was it was one of the the craziest things ever. And that's just I think your savage attitude and and just you know you're a badass and and it's just you know I don't think. I think it's awesome that you're going to be back healthy and, and we're ready to w watch you and, and it's going to be a fun season, man. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, like I said to you, like I'm facing adversity now, like, you know, I, 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 I got a great opportunity in Atlanta, but um, that opportunity is only as good as I, I, I make it, you know, and I'm, I'm been preparing hard this off season uh, for an opportunity like this. Um, you know, it, as much as, uh, you know, it, it's nice to, it's nice to go into camp knowing that you have a job and I've been fortunate for uh, a good portion of my career to, to be in that position. But, um, you know, I, like I said, I still got an opportunity. They're going to give me a Jersey. I get to go play spring training games. Like I got an opportunity and it just kind of reminds me of, I, I have to go, I go back in the roller decks and think about the, you know, 21 year old, Kevin Plar, the 18-year-old Kevin Plar that went in Dominguez Hills and wanted to start as a freshman, or the 21-year-old Kevin Plar that got sent to Bluefield, uh, West Virginia, um, as a 32nd round draft pick. Like, you know, I, I never lose that that chip. 
Um, you know, I, I took the chip away for a little bit because uh, it couldn't be my driving factor all the time. I had to be confident in who I was and what I brought to the table. But um, it, it's nice to know that I still got this chip that I can bring out for for occasions like this. And more than anything, I just I'm, I'm you know, I, I, I truly, truly. I think also through my injury this year, being being able to like come home and and, and I wouldn't say like I yeah I enjoyed my summer. You know I I rehabbed hard. I was at the field all the time, but I got a little bit of a summer. I got to swim in the pool with my kids, and I got a, a little opportunity to reflect on my career. And you know, if someone would have told me 10, 15 years ago that you'd have almost nine years of service time in the big leagues, and um, I would say I'd sign up for it. So. I, I honestly feel like I got nothing. I can go into spring training this year. Obviously, I got a lot on the line, um, but I'm just gonna go enjoy it. I think I I think I I got good advice from a, a teammate, a former teammate of mine, JP Aaron Sebia. You know, last year when I found out I wasn't gonna make the team for the first time, and you know, eight years and I had to go to triple A to start the year. And I was like, what the hell do I do? And I know he went through it and he told me just have fun, play baseball. The rest will take care of itself. And it did. Unfortunately I got hurt, but like, I'm going to take that same mindset with this new opportunity. I'm going to go in, know that I prepared really hard this off season. My body's in great shape. Um, but more than anything, I'm just going to have fun playing baseball. I think that's when I'm at my best. I think that we're, when we're at our best, is when we're having fun. It gets really hard to to think that way um, at this level because it is a business, and I know like what I'm playing for. I'm playing for three million dollars. Like it's it's not like a I, I it's hard to put that out of your head. Like you make the team, you get three million dollars. You don't make the team, you don't get the money. Like that's a really hard thing to do. But like I'm also in a position where if I didn't make it and they sent me home, you know, I, I got nothing to ashamed of I'm, I'm happy with my career um that wouldn't I, I I don't know if that would be the end or would it be the end but like I just understand I'm at I'm at peace and I think that makes me very dangerous going in that you know I'm just gonna go have fun and and, and play and see what happens so yeah, that know, I'm, knowing know you that knowing you knowing that mindset um I think you're gonna be just fine I think you're gonna you're gonna go kick some ass and it's gonna be a it's gonna be a great season we're I'm pumped I'm excited yeah. I'll order my uh, my Kevin Pillar jersey for for the Atlanta Braves. So, yeah, I'm excited. We're gonna wrap this up right here, but I want to know just a final remark of what is something that a high schooler can do to put themselves out there. That's a self recruiting tactic that you've either seen or heard that they can do to leverage it on their own. I mean, I think social media is like a great thing for that now too. Like you can self-promote yourself as much as you want on social media. I mean, obviously there's a, a lot of things you could do now, but um, you know, if I, it, in addition to like just self-promoting myself, like I feel like every college coach in the nation is reachable now through Twitter or Instagram. And like, I, it wouldn't be beneath me at all to like shoot them a, a, a DM or, uh, an email and just let them know you're interested in their program and you know where they can find you what you what you're about and who knows who you might send a hundred out and maybe two respond but maybe that opens two doors that weren't open before so I think we live in a great time to 
you have access to, to, to so many things and so many people that, you know, I didn't necessarily have when, you know, I was playing high school baseball. And I think, you know, maybe my journey would have been a little bit different if I did have that. And that could go multiple different directions. You know, maybe I don't get to where I got to if I went to a different school. Uh, I certainly know I don't meet my wife. I met my wife at college and I got a beautiful family uh, for staying at Dominguez Hills and, and, and choosing not to leave. But, you know, things could have things could have been, uh, you know, things would have definitely things could have been different for me, uh, you know, better or worse. But I, I think the the world we're living in gives us so much access and I, I wouldn't be afraid to use it. You know, I wouldn't necessarily go in there and like beg for a job. I would just talk about, you know, what you're about, who you are, where you play, what, you know, and uh, you know, there, there's ways for them to come see you or, or they can invite you to their camps. But I think there's just so many ways to put yourself out there now. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And that's what, you know, that's why we started this baseball playground, give kids opportunities. You know, we want, we showcase kids. We talk about kids that, you know, maybe aren't getting the the looks that we think they should. You know, I talk, you know, to a couple, you know, recruiting coordinators and things like that. And they bring up, oh, he's an athlete, um, you know, and, and I'm like, well, is he a baseball player? You know, because I think there's two drastically different things. You have athletes and you got baseball players. And and I, I'm a big believer that, you know, you are a baseball player. You know, you're a guy that grinds it out every day and. And yeah, there might be someone that might be a little more athletic, but not many. And and they don't, you know, hit the ball, throw the ball the way you do. So um, we appreciate you being on on the podcast. We have our last three outs. So these are the toughest questions we have. We ask everybody this: What is your favorite food? Favorite food? Um, I would just say generically, like me Mexican food. I mean, I feel like love I it that all the time. Yeah, so not turkey wraps. Got it. No, no turkey. Uh, <laughs> favorite movie. Favorite movie. Uh that's a tough one. I, I will tell you, I just watched the new Top Gun and the thing was sweet. So I'll say that right now because I just watched it two days ago and it's it's fresh in my mind. Yeah, no, it's an awesome movie. Favorite player. Current favorite player? Any 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 era, anytime, all time, current. In the past, someone you played with? Favorite anybody. player. Man, it's hard to say. I would say just just due to um, how recent it is, I would say Mookie Betts. I'd say watching yeah. him, getting to know him and, and watching him prepare and just his size and stature and just being able to do what he does, um, you know, so easy and effortlessly to to to, to – what we see, but I see how much work he puts in. And um, yeah, I'd say Moogie Betts. I love it. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Kevin. It was great. We'll do it Thank again. Thank you, Kevin. I'll uh, see you guys. You guys, you're the man. Thank you. I'll see it. Bye.